feeling like been there, done that, same old routine day in, day out. Well, can we find the freshness? Can we find the specialness in those constant routines? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. In this coming Torah portion of Toldos, we move further into the lives of Yitzchak and Rivka, Isaac and Rebecca, and introduce Yaakov and Esav, Jacob and Esau. Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu, Jacob, our forefather, is described in Midrashic literature as the Bechir Shabaavos, the choicest of our ancestors. Now, to get perspective, that means in the set of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, in this incredible set of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose spiritual excellence lays the foundation for the entire destiny of the Jewish people, of those great, excellent forebearers of Israel, Jacob is seen at the helm. He's at the top of the chart. Just what makes Yaakov so special? How does he rise to that rank? Particularly when, what is he doing with his time? We, we're just, we, we introduce Yaakov at the beginning of the portion as the Ishtam Yoshev Ohalim, that pure man who sits in tents. So he sits and studies and sits and does more studies and sits and more studies. He's grasping the truths of the Torah, of the concepts of the interrelationship between man and God. But what is he doing that propels him to that title of Bechir Sheba Avos? So there are some who suggest it relates to the fact that Yaakov being that Tom, that perfect one, is also described as Yaakov being the man of truth. Titan emes, emet, Yaakov. He's the man of truth, that is his perfection, and he is constantly having to utilize traits that are very contrary to truth, to go against his natural grain in order to succeed. So it's very difficult for him to do so, but he must go and manipulate the blessings that would otherwise be given to Esau, to Esau in our Parsha, and he must disguise himself and again, use behavior and character that is very uh, difficult and very frustrating and very uncomfortable for a man of truth, and particularly when facing his father while having to do so, but he must do so to secure that he and his descendants and the nation of Israel will have those blessings. And he once again must use what comes across as kind of a cunning and having to outmaneuver his con artist uncle of Lavan. So again, he must again go against his natural grain and tendency of truth and defy his natural character to secure his well-being and his family's sustenance when Lavan is trying to dupe him out of everything. Everything. And in a sense, that's also happening when he has to flatter Esau, has to flatter Esau in the Parshas ahead, which goes so against the grain of the man of truth. But he's tested over and over again. And are you ready to do something that goes against your inner tendencies to do to accomplish what is right? And in so doing, he achieves that excellence. Rav Moshe Feinstein of blessed memory, of the greatest Torah sages of the um, early part of the, early throughout the later parts of the 20th century, uh, he spanned most of the 20th century as of the greatest decisors of Jewish law. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein has another perspective on just what it is that helps propel Yaakov to that title 
of Bechir Shabavos, of the choicest of our ancestors. And he goes back to that verse that we referenced. He was the Yoshev Ohalim. He sat in tents. He sat and he studied. And he sat and he studied. And he continued to do the same thing over and over and over and over again and continued to study and immerse himself in further and further study without having to jump to different endeavors and to shift tracks and to find something new and exciting. If the right thing to do is to try to grasp God's messages by Torah study, I will do that, and I will do that, and I'll do that some more. And in being that Yoshev Ohalim, that dweller of the tents, the word Yoshev of dwelling, indicating that he's kind of locked into that mode, and he's not shifting to find some new, exciting, thrilling, different way of doing things, new trend, new style of observance, new, uh, new twist on how to, uh, to connect with Torah and with God, simply sitting and plugging away and plugging away and plugging away, and that is what makes him just so excellent. We often have a hard time doing the same thing over and over, even if it's a good thing to do. We get bored. Come on, there's got to be something else that's more exciting, another way, another twist. And if you look at how things as wonderful as Torah study tend to be advertised to try to capture the newness of this experience and a new style, a new pace, a new twist. So it'll be uh, Musser with yoga or um, Talmud with Tehillah. And it's going to be uh, you know, some uh, medrash with some type of, um, uh, some other twist on some other dessert, some other type of a uh, packaging to make it more and more exciting. Yaakov didn't need that. The right thing to do is to study Torah. I study Torah. The right thing to do with the next moment to study some more, I study some more and some more and some more and some more and continuing on one step after another in the same direction without having to, again, jump and, and uh, find some new way to spark uh, his interest and his excitement. Rashi on the Torah tells us when God describes our relationship with Torah is that, that I command you this Torah this day. And we're to treat the Torah as if this was the first day we ever got Torah our first experience to Torah, with Torah, our first exposure to Torah. I recall a situation several years back, somebody coming into the kolel and telling me he could not sleep the night before, I, twisting and turning. I couldn't fall asleep. I was so excited that I was going to come to learn Talmud for the first time ever. And I was like, whoa. I study Talmud so often, thankfully, just about every day, but I don't think I ever approached it with that excitement, with that sense of it being so fresh and so new. And reality is, the more we study it, the more we value it, the more we appreciate it, the more we should be uh, anticipating uh, what a gift we have to be able to study some more of this. And the excitement should just build and build and build. But human nature is not that way. Human nature is that been there, done that, part of my past routine, looking for something more exciting. Well, the message from Yaakov, the message from the Torah describing itself as something that was commanded us this day is that we have to be able to appreciate the study of Torah despite the fact we've been blessed with so many preceding opportunities, but to perceive this new moment as a new moment, a new opportunity as something special.
How do we do that? How do we come to something that we've been doing so often? And it could be the study of Torah, and for other people, maybe other aspects, other mitzvahs that are part of their routine, other acts of kindness that are the day in, day out of their lives. They could be caring for an elderly parent. They could be tending to some communal need in a manner that has become just like just in motion. I'm on that wheel and doing it over and over and over again. But what can help us value the next moment, the next opportunity? Well, recognizing how Yaakov is, is perceived in such incredible esteem because of his capacity just to keep going and doing it over again. And how the Torah projects to us this message, treat me like it was the first time you experienced me, and view this opportunity as if we didn't have a past opportunity. How would we view this moment if it was our first exposure? How would we view this moment if we had been stifled and barred from studying Torah for years? How do we view this moment if we were in a, a Soviet gulag or in some other uh, prison situation, God forbid, where we're being barred access to our holy Torah and now we have the opportunity once more? How do we view the, the situation if we have an act of kindness that we do with re- regularity? And again, so imagine taking care of a person who is physically disabled or emotionally disabled or mentally disabled and we are tending to their needs on a regular basis how would we view the opportunity if it was the first opportunity? We knew they desperately needed us, but something was holding us back. Something was blocking our access. We were uh, geographically distant, or we were held up by some other uh, calendar conflicts, and I finally can break away from that to be there for this loved one, to be there for this person whose life I brighten up. How do we view that opportunity? So if we can do that, if we can kind of reframe our, our common routines by looking at them as something that's, hey, if I couldn't have done this before, wouldn't I appreciate that I can do it now? And we can recognize the greatness that evolves from having such dedication to a task. And that it is exactly that that propels a Yaakov to be that Bechir Shabbat that pinnacle of excellence. If we can do that, hopefully we can give ourselves that boost, that charge, further appreciate the good that we are already doing, be more passionate about the good we're already doing, be more excellent in the good that we're already doing, and be all the more likely to achieve our tachlis.